let's pray. Lord, I'm I'm glad that joy's not a season. I'm glad we don't have to strive for joy. But you give it. Lord, I pray as we reflect on this word and what it means and who provides it, that uh, Lord, we would just be renewed again, Father, with the confidence that you've given us from the beginning. We pray, Father, that you would minister to us at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I could have shared on Bent Nail Sunday. I had notes to share. But it seemed, as people shared, uh, to be more uh, in line with today. Because um, this little post-it note right here, you probably can't see it. Blue post-it note with three letters on it, joy, has been staring at me since January. Which this, year? <laughs> this year. This was, this was the word I felt like the Lord said, Focus on this to this year. And so it's been there every day looking back at me and I'm like, okay, I see it, but um, I'm not feeling it. I said, I know I have it, but it's certainly not bubbling up. There's lots of places in the Psalms where it talks about shouting and singing for joy. And I did that out of obedience I was really conflicted this year because um, this was the year, year that God gave me to really home in on this and, and carry it, you know, kind of as my banner for the year. And I've just been conflicted because it didn't break forth. I wasn't riding some horse with my joy banner. <laughs> I was trying to understand what we were going through as a fellowship, um, as the nation. Uh, I was... Uh, conflicted about the moral decline of our country, the the um, things that were happening in Russia, in uh, Ukraine, the political instability across the entire world. I wanted to understand this. You know, um, I even signed up for BSF this year as a uh, move to because what they were studying was the the kings and the prophets. I thought, well, man hasn't changed any, and if I can just grab a hold of God's ways in dealing with people, I'll understand what's going on in today's world. And so, um, and then there's been the persecuted church. If you get open doors and it's constant reminder of brothers and sisters of ours that are being persecuted in other countries. Um, and, and, and personally being cut off from our, our Chinese friends in in China that's were here and now they've gone back. I did uh, talk with uh, Xinjiang uh, a few weeks back, Tia and I did, and nine days later I get this text message in Chinese and the only thing that's uh, translatable in it is, it is illegal. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to try to talk to anybody else lest I get them in trouble. So it's just been one of those years of wanting to understand what the Lord's up to, and it has just kind of tamped down this joy that I know is there. You know, like like um, Cecil was talking about, it's an abiding that we and a confidence that we have in Him. 
And so that's been that's been my night, and it's like in the last couple months I've kind of broken out of that. And so I I was was remembering this one um, Psalm Psalm fifty one says, "Create in me a clean heart, O God." This has been a, a, a prayer of mine, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, sometimes you just you know he's not gone, but he doesn't feel very close sometimes. And, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy. What joy? The joy of what? I knew you all would say that because I did the same thing. In this particular psalm, it says the joy of your or thy, your salvation. I'm like, oh, I get it. It's your salvation. You own it. You created it. You're the one that gives it away. It's your salvation. And then sustain me with a willing spirit. So that's just been this process that I've walked through. And then um, Randy, he spoke out this word a a few weeks back. And um, it was um, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I really think that's kind of one of these motifs in the Bible, overarching motifs. It's an overarching thing in life, you know. Um, and and as I, I looked at it, it just reminded me that, you know, the, the Israelites, a night, you know, could just be 500 years to the Lord, you know. And so... The Israelites groaned in slavery for 400 years. But then the, the Bible says they left Egypt with hands held high. And so they were rejoicing in the, the fact that God had shown up and was finally delivering them from this place. I smiled because I was thinking about Greg's message last um, week. And, you know, he just touched on the last half of Luke 10 about the lady that was coming out of um town with her her son in the coffin do you remember that so he she's walking out of town her son's in the coffin you know going to bury him and jesus shows up and raises him up from the dead do you think weeping stopped then joy joy came then mary and martha were weeping about lazarus jesus shows up He says, I am the resurrection. And so when Lazarus comes forth, there was no more weeping. There was rejoicing. Um, The whole world groans. Wanting to be set free. And what a day of rejoicing that will be. You know, I I just... um, marvel that God's God makes us walk through these things I remember I think it was Jessica when she was sharing on hope about the dark threads in your life how you need those as God's weaving this tapestry of what your story is about that you know these these things that are difficult for us to go through those are the dark threads in this tapestry that when you flip it over it gives all this definition and pattern and shadow and relief to to what the picture is being woven of your life. We were singing this song last um, 
Sunday. I don't know if you remember it. It says, prepare him room. Prepare him room. Let the king of glory come in. And I stopped and I thought about that song because, you know, we, we've got our heart kind of segmented off and there's rooms in our hearts. And I thought, no, it's not prepare him a room. It's prepare him more room. Prepare him more room. Knock out some walls of those things. Because the king of glory, he's big. He can take up a lot of room. He can take up all the room in your heart. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to take up all the room in our hearts. But not just to push everybody up, push all your family out and your friends. He No, he, he wants to come in and help you love them with the love of Christ. See them after the eyes of Christ. And so... You know, it's prepare him more room. It's like, I need, I need more room in your heart. You know, how are we going to love him with our whole heart unless we give him more room, you know? So I've been thinking about those things. And so that kind of is my preface to sharing about joy today. I can find my place here. Yeah, here we go. Um, Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. See this picture here? Why are you smiling? You know, you know who did this picture? <laughs> this is a picture that Galena did. You know, joy comes in the morning even in Russia. It did for Galena this morning. So this is, she told me, this is sunrise over the Black Sea in the morning. And Galena was standing right here when she painted it. So I'm going to send this around so you can see what joy was for at least Galena one morning as she looked across the Black Sea. Um, um, so as we consider joy this morning, um, how many of you all are joyful? Come on. How many are absolutely full of joy? All the time. Sometimes. Joy is joy isn't what is it? It's an abiding, right? It's an abiding. Do you know this is what Jesus' desire is for us? That we would be full of joy. Struck me as I was uh, reading about this because today's passage is John fourteen through 17. And uh, who would like to read the first of these four chapters to us? <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. We're going to look at things in those four chapters. Um, I think for all of us, is what, what Bill was saying earlier, it's like sometimes it doesn't feel like the joy is there because sometimes God is like, not as close all the time as we'd like for him to be. And so I started looking at this in here and Jesus wants his joy to make our joy full. And, uh, there are two verses in this four, in this four chapter thing spoken really, I'll say within the same day, but surely within the same 
within hours of each other, where he says this. He says it once to the disciples, and then a second time he asks this for his people as he prays to God in John chapter 17. So let me read them to you. John fifteen eleven. These things I have spoken to you so that your my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Hours later, this is what he says as he prays to his father. But now I come to you, speaking of the father, now I come to you, father, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Within hours, he has told the the disciples this and he's asked it again in prayer for for from the Father for for all of us. So what are these things? What are these things that we that he's spoken that should make our joy made full? And that's what I want to look at very briefly this morning. Um uh, so I just kind of gleaned through the these three chapters before the prayer and um I just picked some of these things. Because there's lots of these things. There's a lots of the words these things in those three, four chapters. Uh, you can go underline all of them sometime when you've got nothing else to do on a Saturday afternoon. Lots of these things. But some of the things that he spoke was, don't be troubled. It's like Bill was saying earlier. You believe in God. Well, we believe in Jesus as God, but... Jesus was also a man. You believe in God, but believe also in me. I'm connected to you. I'm going away, but I'm coming back. I'm going away to make a place for you, but I'm coming back. And I'm going to receive you that where I am, you may be also. I mean, that's that's comforting, but it's also a reason for joy, isn't it? That's John 14... Verse 1, he says in 15.5, I'm the vine and you're the branches. That's pretty connected, isn't it? And as we abide that, he says, "We'll we'll bear fruit. We'll be fruitful. In John 14, 18, he says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, that's the first thing that we could rejoice in. We're connected. I'm telling you, he's telling us, I'm connected to you. And then he tells us later on, well, and it's profitable for you if I go away. Now, Jesus the man, if he lived today, could he be with all of us all the time? It's physically impossible, but if he sends his spirit... If he sends his spirit, the Holy Spirit can be with all of us all of the time. That's a reason to rejoice. So he gives, he says, I'm going to give you the spirit. He's an advocate. 
He's a counselor and he's a helper. Those are the words that are in John about who this Holy Spirit is. And what will he, what will he do? Well, he'll bring to our remembrance the things that God has spoken to us as we read his scriptures, as we hear his word, as we, as we listen, as we walk with him. And, he, and it will guide us into all truth. So he's a, he's a wonderful counselor. But since many of us like to separate those two words, he's also wonderful. He is also wonderful because he, think about this, he does all the heavy lifting. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Think about that. No one would ever seek God. No one. You did not choose me, but I chose you. That's a miracle right there. That's talking about ruling with with truth and grace. That's the grace of God. That he would look down and take me, who think I'm something, that I'm really nothing. And he would say, I choose you. I choose you. I want you to be one of my sons. The other thing that's heavy lifting, if you look at it, is so it calls us to do what? Be ambassadors. To go out and preach the good news. This is another heavy lifting thing he does in John. And when he's speaking about the Holy Spirit, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You know what? We don't have to do that. (laughs) We don't have to do that. He does it. Those are the two big things that God says, I'll do these. I'll take care of these things. Um, And he tells us, I'm going to give you a peace unlike anything the world can offer you. You didn't. He says, peace I leave with you, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now he talked about peace here, but the first thing, he, he never said peace to the disciples until after he was raised from the dead until after the payment was made. There was no way anybody could really have his kind of peace until a price was paid. And so when he comes through the wall, when the disciples are gathered there, the first word he says is peace. Peace be with you. And so that's the peace that he offers. And lastly, this is this is one I had to kind of stretch a little bit. This is in John 10. So I had to back up a little bit to get this one. Um, it says in John 10, 29, my father who has given them to me, them being his she- his sheep. Is greater than all. My father is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. That's a reason to rejoice. Once he has you, he has you. 
So joy is really more like a deep abiding, like abiding in the vine. Life comes from the vine, from Jesus. It's a feeling, but it's also this confident abiding in what he has said to us. So, you know, I I thought about this, and this is my creative commentary, Greg, so you'll have to bear with me on this. (laughs) You know, if you go back to one of those Christmas scriptures in Isaiah 9, it says that the government will rest on his shoulders. And it gives the names he's going to be called, doesn't it? Which we all know because we've all, all of us sing the Messiah every Christmas. (laughs) But we listen to parts of it. And we listen to the part that says he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. I began thinking about that. And I realized, wow, Jesus just told him that in John. That's who I am. I'm not leaving you as an orphan. I'm going to be your everlasting father. I'm not going to leave you. That is a comfort and a joy. It is to me. My peace I'm going to give you. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And I thought that the fact that he does the heavy lifting. He chose us. He's the one that convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. To me, that is wonderful. I don't have to do that. It's wonderful that he chose me. And it's wonderful that as I obey him and just live out his word, speak the truth, share the good news, he does that. That's wonderful. We don't have to do that. Um, He's mighty God because no one can snatch us out of his hand. And it says that he, no one is greater than he. He is greater than all, is what that verse says. So, you know, as I looked at these things, uh, the fact that he's sending his Holy Spirit, he's definitely a counselor for us. And this is our God. Prophesied that these would be his names. And... Lo and behold, these last things, these last things that he tells his disciples buried within there are the things that assure them that he's going to live up to that, those names that, he's, that, that Isaiah has prophesied for him. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things that you have, to, you have to carry this stuff in your heart and remind yourself, I have a lot to be thankful for, a lot that I can rejoice before the Lord for what he's given me. These things that he's spoken so that his joy may make my joy full. Um, so I want to just leave that with you. Um, and I'll end with the same thing that um, Cecil did because, you know, the disciples went out two by twos. They came back. Man, Jesus, you wouldn't have believed it. Even the demons are subject to us. He said, Hey, don't don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's pray.
Father, what a tension that you, you, you rule with between truth and grace. What an amazing thing that the foundation of the throne of your government is righteousness and truth, but yet loving kindness to those you've chosen and truth are what comes forth from your throne. Lord, I pray uh, not only this season, but throughout our lives, we would carry these things that you've spoken, these last things, these things in our hearts. And Lord, that that joy that you've given us would just be also our foundation and hope for the things that's yet to come. We just bless you this morning. We thank you, Father, for your greatness, for your goodness, and especially for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.